Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus, pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. I am super excited to have such a dear friend in ministry um, with us today. I have Pastor Jamal Bernard out of New York. Jamal, it's so great to have you here today, and I'm so glad you could be on with us. Hi, Pastor Rosa. It's so exciting to be on with you, not just because you're a dear colleague in ministry, but you're a good friend of mine, and I appreciate this opportunity to give me a platform to speak about certain issues and certain things that are going on in society right now. Amen. Well, I just know people's hearts, your hearts are going to be moved because of everything happening in the world. Not only do we have this COVID going on and you're in the middle of New York, but now we have this racial tension and that's what today's all about. You know, we're calling it race and redemption. And the reason I chose that title pastor is because reconciliation means like you were friends at once and then you kind of separated and now you're reconciling. But reality is that hatred runs so deep. Pastor Jamal is recognized as a cultural strategist. He's an innovator for his generation. You helped to run alongside your father, A.R. Bernard, um, New York's largest church. And um, you're also a senior pastor in the Long Island campus. It's an extension of Christian Cultural Center. And many of you listeners and viewers have heard of this wonderful ministry. You have such a great message for today's time. And I just really believe that God has raised you up in this generation to be a voice. You're also uh, married to Pastor Rita for 20 years, and we love her. And a powerful ministry for the women there in the church. And then you have kids. (laughs) So let's, you know, can we just dive into this? This is so heavy. The night that that video broke of George Floyd, my husband and I were sitting on a sofa and we watched the whole video. It was so difficult. It was so heartbreaking. I felt like I couldn't breathe watching it. I kept on praying, even though we knew we heard that he had passed away. I kept on praying, like, please tell me this video is going to end. Like, he's going to come off of this guy. And I remember turning to my husband and, you know, I could see him wiping his tears. We were broken because we pastor a church that's multicultural. We're Hispanic, you know, I'm Mexican, Mexican and Puerto Rican, (laughs) and my husband's from Puerto Rico. So we didn't grow up understanding the race in that type of way. Um, But I did grow up in the South and I grew up in Virginia. That's the heart of the Confederacy where all the monuments are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to ask you, you know, what were you thinking when you saw that video and what was going through your heart? Uh, The the first thing I said was, wow, that man was murdered. They killed that man. And, and, you know, and Pastor Rosalinda, you know, you know how I am. I'm very... Uh, how you say I, I shoot from the hip. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. But the, the, the re- reality is, I said, wow, I can't believe that this man uh, killed him. And my first question, I said, what did we do? Or what is it about us as black and brown individuals that you hate us so much so that you are, you, he had such a careless smug on his face that while he was standing there, hands in the pocket, 
knee on, on his neck. He just didn't care. And I said, wow, what did we do? What is it about us that you are so threatened that you create systems to, to hold us down? You create uh, systems that will help keep us back. And I was like, wow, you know, what is it? And it, it just broke my heart. And I said, man, it, 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 he just killed a man, live television, and it really didn't phase him. I got a text the next morning from somebody in our church, a young black girl that's at our church. She texted me. She was like, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm having anxiety. Things have like stirred up in my heart that I haven't dealt with, you know, that I have children now. How do I protect them from this? And she's calling me and I'm, I'm like, God, give me the words because the reality is that we live in a world where hatred exists. In fact, yeah. I, I want to call it what it is. I believe that racism is the root that ha- it, it's just it's in America. And that's where it was founded. We had the slaves in the beginning. We had this racism, this separation of class and color and people. And I just, you know, I wish I had the answer to say, you know what, sweet girl, it's all going to go away one day. But the reality is we live in a sinful world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Uh, when you look at the world that we're living in, we have to understand that it's broken and wounded. And when you deal with individuals who are broken and wounded, uh, there, there are a number of things that manifest itself within the, the, the broken and woundedness individual. You know, so when you look at it, and you say, okay, well, what, is, what does that mean? I said, well, you know, one, uh, a person who's broken and wounded, uh, one of the things that manifests out of that wound or that brokenness is ignorance. And the second part is uh, selfishness. Uh, you know, another thing that comes out of a broken person or a wounded person is moral weakness because Moral weakness is lacking the power to consistently do good. Wow. You know, and, and, and that's what that's what we're dealing with. You know, and the, and the other, you know, so there's five things that you know comes out of a broken or wounded individual is ignorance, selfishness, moral weakness, uncontrolled passion, and blindness. And that's what we're dealing with right now. It is oh, it's a giant that needed to be dealt with. But yes. it has erupted around the world. Uh, Pastor Carlos, you know my husband, he yep. got on a Zoom with his men's ministry and he had white, black, Hispanic on there. And I told him, I said, man, you got to just navigate that with the yes. grace of God. And God is just anointed him to do that in such a way. But I'll never forget the question that one brother brought up. And this is a white guy. And he said, you know, it just stinks because I've never seen color like that. Like, a lot of my friends are black. My coworkers are black. And I never was even thinking in that. He just didn't grow up with that hatred because he, he had a relationship with the Lord early. And yeah. now he's like, I feel like I need to go up to people and prove to them that I'm not a racist white person, that I love my black brother. I love my Hispanic or my Asian brother and let him know. What would you say? I know this is a hot question, but what would you say then to the Christian white people that didn't really have racism as a root of evil in their heart, how could they show love to somebody of color? I, I think uh, one of the things to show love is not try to feel what they feel. To, to come to a realization, like, I can't understand mm. what you feel. I, I don't have the, uh, the, the, the possibility or the, 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 the ability to feel, but I can empathize with what you're going through because God given me this, this, I designed me with this thing called a conscious. And a part of that conscious is I'm being, I become conscious of what's going on. And, but yet I can empathize. Now, how do we, how does empathy manifest itself 
And I think it's based on the context of the conversation, the context of, of when you interact with that individual, there's no clear cut uh, way to say how to do it. I think that one, as a Christian brother, you got you to pray and ask God for discernment. You have to put yourself in a place where you are really vulnerable and uh, transparent to discern. Two, got to understand the context, all right? And three, you got to be prepared for the uncomfortable uh, atmosphere that has been created because of this. Not every black person is going to want to talk to you. Not, everybody's, and not, everybody black, and not every black person is going to want to hear how you are not racist. Not everybody, every black person is going to want to hear how you can, uh, you know, you empathize with them. They're hurting. You know, yeah. they, they, are, they are hurting. So you have to be prepared for the rejection also. So one, discernment. Two, uh, understand the context. Three, be prepared for the rejection. You have to be prepared for the rejection. And four, you know, you know really start crafting, you know, uh, words that you can prepare and not make it seem like it's, it's, it's prescriptive or whatnot, but uh, genuine words that you can prepare for individuals that you do come in contact with. That's so good, Pastor. You know, the Bible says that they will know us by our love. Yes. And I think one thing that I'm taking from what you're saying right now is that we don't have to rush into a conversation per se if we're not ready, but yeah. allow people to mourn what just yes. happened and allow, yeah. I just feel like the Holy Spirit just saying that right now, allow people to mourn what's happening. And then when the Lord gives you that opportunity, yes. you, um, they asked me to speak, you know, just recently, uh, right on the Robert E. Lee monument. Yes. And we pastor a white, black, and Asian. You have people on all kinds of sides. And I'm like, Father in heaven, help us, you know, say the right things. And, you know, I remember the gentleman that called me was a black brother right here in Richmond. And I said, are you sure you want me to be the person that goes up there? And my husband, <laughs> and he was like, Pastor Rosa, he was like, you know what? I've seen you for years since you were, you know, he known me since a teenager. I'm not going to say how old I am, but he said, <laughs> you know, in, in, in literally the ghettos of our city and in Mosby yes. Court and Wickham Court in those houses when young kids have been shot and you're the one, they say, you're my pastor. And I've had to bury mm -hmm. some of these kids and our family faced racism as being the first Hispanic in Richmond, Virginia. My dad, they called racial slurs. They told him to go back. He'd come out of um, Brooklyn via Puerto Rico. And it was so rough because most churches were white or black. And you've mm -hmm. preached in our church, you know, and you've seen it. We're a very mixed church, you know. Um, but it didn't happen by accident. We had to be intentional. And yes. we had to be intentional. But with all the racial slurs I've been called as a Hispanic woman and all of that, it doesn't compare to what the black brothers and sisters have gone through in our nation. And I think mm -hmm. that when people say black lives matter and immediately people want to say all lives matter, of course they do. We know that God loves all of them, but it's not about that right now. It is about how black people have been treated. Yes. So what do you say about that when people want to say, you know, but all lives matter? What does that do in your heart? Tell me, Pastor, what do you say about that? Uh, my father always taught me, taught me uh, when change is necessary, not to change becomes destructive, right? And we know when we know that there needs to be change, if a change doesn't come from the top voluntarily, it will come from the bottom by revolution. Mm. And that's what we're seeing right now. And that's what we're dealing with. So when you look at the Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter conversation, I believe that it's a part of one, some of the things that come out of white privilege, uh, because there, there, there has to be uh, an exclusivity to the whole idea of the protest. But my statement is that, yes, all lives matter. And because all lives matter, 
at this current moment, we need to shine a light on particular lives that is not being treated like they matter. When I have a dog that gets more rights and, and people ready to quit to protest and stop a cop from possibly shooting it before they do it and stand up for a black man being nailed on in the neck, I have a problem with that. So we have to emphasize the fact that the, the black life and not only just the black life, but the brown lives that are out there seem not to matter. And so our response is not a response that all lives matter, but our response is saying, look, our lives matter. Stop acting like they don't. Right. And that's the conversation. So yes, all lives matter, and therefore black lives matter. Black lives matter, and you know, so we and we understand that all lives matter. We're not gonna get anywhere around an all life matter conversation. We we will only get around uh, 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 somewhere with the all lives matter. And let me tell you, I don't fully support the full Black Lives Matter movement. I don't fully support what they 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 they, they stand for uh, uh, idealistically. I don't uh, the, the, um, philosophically uh, the way they, their vision and mission is ran and stuff like that. But it's easy for me to work with an organization where we can find some common ground and uh, center around there. But I don't fully support Black Lives Matter. I have a problem with Black Lives Matter because I think it, I think it's been hijacked with a sub uh, underlying uh, movement that you know I'm not going to talk about right now. I mean, but, I'm on the same page. I think right. some of our listeners know what you're talking yes. about. Yeah, I think there's been a hijacking to continue pushing a, a, a sub agenda. So I, I, I wrestle with the, the whole idea. Uh, and then if you read what they they stand for in the mission and vision, yeah. as a Christian, I can't fully follow the Black Lives Vision mission, but I can team up with them to help deal with the social injustice that's going on in the community. Yeah, that's that's very well said. Just because some a movement is happening, we got to be careful we don't just jump on the, the bandwagon without fully knowing what we're going out there and representing. And that is why, you know, when, when we titled this podcast, Race and Redemption, the reality is this, Christ went to the cross for all people. Yes. And until people come into a relationship with Christ, that hatred stays in them. The, the um, ignorance of not understanding what's happening to the Black people in America and around the world that stays in us until we can be delivered. Jesus went to the cross. You know, I, I began to share about uh, George Floyd and the tragedy and what he went through. But I remember standing on that monument and I said, but there was one. They carried the cross who was beaten and bruised for our transgressions, who hung on that cross so we can be free of hatred. Yes. Not just the drugs, not just the obvious sins, not just, but do you know bitterness and hatred is such a big sin and people have to be delivered. And unfortunately, yes. we have a lot of ignorant Christians that sit and they go to church and they worship but if a black family comes in or too many, they may not want to go to that church because there's a mm -hmm. lot of black children there. Let's just talk. I'm just going to hit it real. You and I have always yeah, no, let's talk about it. <laughs> and I mean, I remember when we started our church, it was actually we were the only Spanish people. People assumed it was a Spanish church, but we had more white people in the 80s. <laughs> and the black people started coming in the community and they went more black. And you watch some mm -hmm. of the white families move out. And it's funny because sometimes we're not black enough, white enough, Hispanic enough, but I always say that we're Jesus enough. And yeah, we have yeah. to teach people to love the Lord. And, you know, I know that this is your passion. We've got to lead them to the cross, Pastor. Yes, no, we have to. And, and, and Robert Zachariah said the best. He said the four things could converge at the cross. He said evil, justice, forgiveness, and love. 
Love was a driving component that brought God and Jesus to the cross, right? And if we don't act in love as a church, we can't say that we act as a church and live in love. And, and let me break down love. Love is marked by four things. Number one, benevolence, right? Love is marked by benevolence. So when we say God so loved the world, there was a, a, he was responding out of his benevolent nature. And benevolence is the disposition to always do good and the power to do so. Two, union, the ability to bring a group of individuals together. So when a church says that, that we, you know, God is love and we represent God, where is the representation of that love? When you look at the church, Blacks, Hispanics can go and submit to a white pastor, Black pastor, Hispanic pastor. Whites tend to have a very hard time submitting to a Black pastor, Hispanic pastor, and they'll be quicker to submit to a white pastor. Why is that? It talks about the, the, the tension that we have within the church. Uh, so it's, it's benevolence, union, uh, transparency. Transparency is another representation of love. And what is transparency? Being visible, free from deceit, and pretense. Yeah, that's good. Right? So we got union, we got benevolence, we got transparency, and the last thing is vulnerability. And, and vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. Vulnerability is open to examination and constructive criticism. We have to, so if we say we love one another, if we're acting out of love and seeing that love is one of the biggest things that converts the cross, one of the biggest things that cause us to go to the cross, you know, we have to understand that we have to be benevolent. We have to act, you know, at, at, at the level because we're still broken as individuals, even you know, post-Christ, pre-Christ, we still deal with that. But we have to, you can't say we love one another if we're not operating at this level and showing those four marks. When we say vulnerability, that is so scary because now it might cost me something. I'm going to be in a nervous conversation, but you know what, Pastor, I'm not going to grow as an individual in the Lord unless I search myself. I got to search the deep parts of my heart and ask myself the question, why do I feel uncomfortable when I'm around a black brother, a Hispanic person, an Asian person, a white person? Because, you know, race goes all the way around. How come? And then bring it to the cross. I want to keep on bringing it to the cross. Is it if for any reason? Look, I grew up in Virginia. This is the heart of the Confederacy. I live on a street named after a gun in the Civil War. This is how bad it is over here with this. But, you know, at the same time, I know there's listeners, you know, that are my white brothers and sisters and say, man, that was my history. I don't know anything different than this. Then I want to say, and I don't know if you can chime in this, ask the Lord to help you learn and to be open. Look, you know, the monuments in my city over here, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm, that's how I roll. I've driven by them a hundred times, but it didn't like connect until the yeah. day I stood hand in hand and marched five wow. miles. I got to be honest. I didn't know it was five miles when I said yes to it. <laughs> and I stood by my brothers and sisters and I was on the floor and I'm walking by these monuments. All of a sudden, like I started breaking because they don't mean the same thing to me that they mean to them. Yep. my black brothers and sisters and all of a sudden i was like well gosh these they gotta get out of here you know man yes. why don't we put a cross you know in the middle of our street and let people walk past that and the sad thing is they say the cross is offensive <laughs> yeah and so and, and what are they doing they are tearing down the cross they're tearing down the ten commandments you know mm-hmm. we're tearing down everything that represents history you know yep. um but let me let me tell you this let me let me say this 
not all history needs to be put in our face on a daily basis. And to come into our city, it's the gateway of the city. We need, I told my husband, I said, I'm ready to start a church right where that monument was. You know, there I'm ready to start reading yes. people right in the city, you know. Yes. But I want listeners to understand this. If you are a white person and you're listening to this and you are confused by everything going on and you don't know how to feel, ask the Lord to give you compassion. Yes. Your black brothers and your brown brothers yes. and, and sisters. Would you agree with that, Pastor? Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, and, and it's funny because you talk about history. My father made this statement, which is a great statement. He says, This is I'm quoting Dr. A.R. Bernard, so I gotta give him credit. Uh, you know, because in the church you got you know, copyright means the right to copy, but I gotta behave for this one. He said, if you don't understand yesterday, you will be confused about today and repeat the past tomorrow. Mm. I'll say that again. Right. If you don't understand yesterday, You'll be confused about today and repeat the past tomorrow. And, and, and that's what we need to do. You know, let's, you know, ask God to help uh, open your heart to search, truly authentically search uh, out of compassion, the history, so that you can understand the why. Because if you don't understand our why, then you can be, uh, you, you'll be antagonistic to the effect. We live in a cause and effect society. And there is a cause, there is a why there's so much anger. There's a why there's so much hurt. There's a why there's so much pain. And if you're compassionate, you, you deal with compassion because the biggest question I say, there's a song and it's, it's, it's called Here Again by Elevation. Oh, okay. He says, uh, will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. And he says, will you meet me here again? I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. And so we sing songs like that as Christians but do we, do we say, okay, Lord, let me chase after what breaks your heart, right? Because that's the compassion, love that Jesus took across, compassion that Jesus took across. He, he, think about the torture that he was going through, the things that he was going through when he was beaten. And they said that he should have died mm. by the time they finished beating him. But something drove him to that cross. Something led him to that cross. Something said, I cannot die at this last lashing that the Roman God gave him. I have to make it to the cross. And it was love and compassion that kept fueling him. The same thing that drove God to the cross, Jesus to the cross, should be the same thing that leads you to the broken and wounded individual. Because if you represent Christ, you know that you have what these people need. Because even at the cross, we find hope. John 12, 34 says, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So yes. you must love one another. And Jesus loved us, Pastor, like nobody yes. ever knew love. Mm -hmm. we, the fact that we were sinners, the fact that we were broken, we're living yes. in a broken world. You know, if you're listening today and, and this podcast has touched your heart, um, look, we love, we have to learn to love one another. Maybe you don't have a problem. Race is not an issue for you. Well, then teach others how yes. to love. And we, they will know us by our love. And I yes. want to encourage you, you know, the day that after that video broke, Pastor, I want to go up to every black person in my space and just hug them and go, I am so sorry. I just want you to know your love. There may not be words that I can say, but I can yeah. show them by the love that I express. And yeah. so I want to do this right now. You know, without Jesus Christ in your life, without coming to a realization that we are nothing without Christ, but we're everything with him. We are healed with him. You know, we can create great relationships with other races and cultures with him. 
But we have to be redeemed and we are redeemed by the blood of the lamb because yes. Jesus went to the cross. We can have salvation. And so Pastor Jamal, we're going to end this right now. But before we do, would you just pray right now that they would just surrender their heart and find their healing in him? Yes. Father God, first of all, we thank you. Acknowledge who you are. You're a mighty God. You're a wonderful God. You're all powerful God. You are the beginning and the end. And even in with this situation, with the racism of over 400 years of, of, of slavery and hundreds of years of, 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 of racism, Lord, you still at a second can step in and change your heart. So Lord, I ask that you right now step in and touch the hearts of the listeners right now. For individuals that are that are angry and frustrated and 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 and, and uh, you know don't have resolve, I pray that you just comfort them right now. Comfort them. Come in and let them know you are still in control and that what role they need to play from a Christian perspective. Lord, I pray and ask that you just come in and touch the, the individuals they might be watching and they deal with anxiety because they have a desire to chase after what breaks your heart, but they don't know how. And Lord, I ask that you just touch them in their mind to understand what's going on. Touch their ears and hear your voice of how and when and where they should go, move, what to say. Lord, but more so touch their tongue with a word and season. Even if it's just a hello, we don't underestimate a hello that is driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're on here and you're listening, you say, well, I don't know, God. I, I'm wrestling with this whole idea of God and his Jesus. And, and you, but you would touch it and say, I want to know more about the cross. I want to know more about the resurrection of this Christ. I pray for you. And, and I, Lord, I ask that you just touch them and open up doors for them to receive more understanding that they will come to you authentically, genuinely seeking your face. So, Lord, I pray for, for, for this podcast that it will be anointed every time it's played, every time somebody's listening to it. I pray that you anoint it so that it will come across as you have intended it to come across. Move in this podcast, move through this podcast, and anoint Pastor Rosalinda for the journey that you have placed in front of her. Lord, you are so good. And if you're good, only goodness is inevitable if you're a part of it. So be a part of this situation. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, man, I just know people were touched today. Thank you, Pastor Jamal, for being with us. If you're Thank listening you. today, I just want, I hope you'll share this podcast. People need to know there's hope in Jesus. You can have that relationship with Jesus right where you are. You know, I know you were touched. If you, if you don't have the Lord, I just want to encourage you just to ask him right into your heart and just tell him that, you know, that we are sinners and that you want Jesus to come right into your heart. And I know he's going to be the Lord of your life. It's a simple Amen. prayer. You can do it right where you are. And in fact, you know, we're just going to pray right now in case there's anybody that hasn't uh, received the Lord and just, re- you could just say it in your own words and just say, Lord, I know that I have sinned, but I know that you went to the cross for me so I can be redeemed, so I can be forgiven. I pray you come into my life and be the Lord of my life from this day forward in Jesus' name. You prayed that prayer. I just believe right now, right, Pastor Jamal, they are saved and they are delivered. So, hey, we are excited. And I just want you to remember this. When you put your faith in God, he will fuel your faith. Yes, amen. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, make sure you click below and join us as we grow in God's Word. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. 
If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.